Thanks for downloading episode 88 of the Shrimps Verdicts podcast. All opinions expressed are those of the individual contributors and not necessarily those of either Morecambe Football Club or of Beyond Radio. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. Sunderland Lone either as well to get it out towards this left hand side. Last Sorensen, the Lincoln midfielder, has got to, some room to run into there. Did uh, he have his ankle tapped by Caleb? What's he did? Eight minutes gone in the second half. Lincoln City nil, Morecambe nil. Shrimps live on Beyond Radio. Whistle goes. Vernon's free kick is a bit flatter and it's in to the back of Adam Smith's net. We were given a warning a couple of minutes ago with that header straight from O'Connor, straight into the arms of Adam Smith, but that time it was whipped in towards the Andrew Sitz yard box and a flip from the Lincoln man from close range and it flies past Adam Smith to make it Lincoln City 1, Morecambe 0. And that's exactly what it was a few minutes ago, Dave. It was a warning. They came close, like we've just said. Second time of asking. They're able to, uh, to find themselves ahead. 1-0 to Lincoln City. Seeing that again now, just on the replay. Playing quite a high line. Good ball in. And I don't know. It was Tom Hopper. Back in the first team after injury came off the bench on Saturday. And he's a good player at this level, Tom Hopper. Got the final touch. It just flew past Adam Smith in fairness. Nothing the Morecambe keeper could do to keep that one out. And it's into the back of the net for the opening goal of the evening. Robust tackle on Bishop by Rawson. Referee allows play to continue. Falls into the path of Weir. Gets it out towards Dylan Conley on this right-hand side. He's got uh, the cavalry on the right with Donald Love. Gets across him. Oh, a decent ball as well. Oh. It might fall for Stockton, who yeah. trails it into the back of the net for the equaliser. And finally, in his 20th appearance of the season, it's Cole Stockton's first goal since Good Friday against Charlton Athletic. And that's the Cole, the goal that we know from last season. Seized it on the half chance and slid it underneath the keeper from 12 yards out to make it Lincoln City 1, Morecambe 1. Cole Stockton's first goal of the season. And credit it to Donald Love. That was an incredible ball in. Lincoln managed to work to get the toes on it, but they can only find Cole Stockton with the attempted clearance. And there was Morecambe's number nine to absolutely rocket it home underneath the, uh, the, the diving goalkeeper. Referee puts the whistle to his lips. And indeed, we are going to yet another Papa John Shrimps penalty shootout, man. So here we go then with the penalty shootout for a place in the last 16. Jensen Weir with the first spot kick for the Shrimps. Oh, smashes penalty. it into the top corner. You don't save those. Keeper, I think, goes the right way, but Weir just right into the top corner. It's an excellent penalty. Here we go again. Stockton. Again, smashes it low into the bottom corner. Again, keeper goes the right way, but just the power. Really well-stricken penalty right into that bottom left corner. 2-1 Shrimps. Crashes back on Lincoln City. Teddy Bishop is Lincoln City's next penalty taker. Came off the bench late with his fluorescent boots. Here he comes, Bishop. Again, another superb penalty. Sends Smith the wrong way, smashes it into the top corner. Cooney, quite a long straight run-up and sends the keeper the wrong way. A little bit Jorginho-esque in that, with a little skip just before he took it. Sends the keeper the wrong way, and it's 3-2 to the Shrimps. Always one of those. If you're going to 
almost like a, a hop, skip and a jump before your pen. You're on the risk of being absolutely rinsed if you uh, if you fail to, to convert, but no concern there for Ryan Cooney. Here comes Sanders, another right footer, and it's oh. gone. So nearly saved by Adam Smith. He guessed the right way. He's furious because it crept under him. It wasn't a great penalty, that, from Sanders, but just about had enough power on it and just about far enough in the corner to make it 3-3. Just creeps under Adam Smith, doesn't he? No wonder he's, uh, he's frustrated. Morecambe captain Donald Love then with the fourth penalty for Morecambe. Here comes Love and it's saved by the legs of the Lincoln keeper, Jordan Wright. Wasn't a great penalty that from Love. Certainly not as good as the ones he's taken in previous shootouts, that's for sure. Low, bit close to the keeper who guessed the right way and he saves it and the shrimps have missed from the spot. Regan Paul next for Lincoln City to put the Imps 4-3 up. Paul, right-footed, blasts it into the bottom corner. Again, takes the touch from Adam Smith. But the difference between that and Donald Lutz was just the power. And now Liam Shaw has to score to keep this penalty shootout alive. Shrimps trailing by four spot kicks to three. So if he misses this, Lincoln will be through to the round of 16 and Morecambe will be out of the Papa John's trophy for another season. So Celtic, Loney, he's been so great for Morecambe this season, Liam Shaw steps up, keeper saves it. That's the end of that one and Morecambe have lost the penalty shootout here at the LNER Stadium by four kicks to three. Donald Love and Liam Shaw both missing from the spot and that means there'll be no place in the last 16 for Derek Adams' men this year in the Papa John's Trophy. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps' verdict on Beyond Radio. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a good game of football tonight. I thought that uh, both teams, you know, tried to, you know, pass the ball and uh, create openings. I thought that uh, it was an entertaining match. Uh, given that both teams played on Saturday but uh, this is the first time uh, this season we've lost a, a penalty shootout and uh, to be fair the, the two penalties didn't go in tonight uh, weren't great and uh, Adam Smith was unlucky with a couple of their penalties because he guessed the right way and it just uh, went under him but uh, tonight you know it was a lot of positives Max Melbourne obviously coming back into the team getting his first start for a number of weeks Cole Stockton getting his first goal uh, of the season uh, which was uh, really positive for us and the amount of changes that we did make to the team uh, enabled us to get a lot of game time into a lot of players You mentioned Cole Stockton there his first goal of the season how important is that for you and for him? Yeah, I mean, it's really important for us because, um, you know, you want uh, your best players uh, to, to score goals and uh, for him to get off the mark tonight, he was unfortunate on Saturday uh, not to get the goal that hit the post. But, uh, you know, tonight was uh, one we would have liked to have, you know, won the game. We've drawn the game and uh, lost some penalties. That's the Sometimes that's the way it goes. But um, we gave it a good goal. We probably should have won the game with uh, Liam Shaw's header late on in the game, just going past the, the post. And uh, that would have made it 2-1 for us. But, uh, you know, it was taken to penalties and uh, we didn't win on the penalties. We've been around the game a long time. Lincoln missed a lot of chances at 1-0. I just sense that Morecambe would take advantage of that. And then when Liam Shaw missed that chance towards the end, he sort of sense maybe Lincoln might take advantage of that as well. It swings and roundabouts. It's so so hard, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, you know over the ninety minutes, I was pleased with the way we played tonight and uh, the way that uh, the ones that haven't had you know much game for time for a number of weeks came through it, uh, which was great. And you know, I thought we put on a, a really good performance. 
looking at the teams like I thought Ryan Delaney really stood out for me tonight yeah, I mean he's he's worked ever so hard, and uh, you know he is uh, a player that uh, has done well this season for us, and uh, he stepped up and uh, helped us uh, in a number of games this season. I thought he did well tonight. Cole Stockton again, he scored his first, and I suppose we're all hoping now that that's the first of what might be a run of goals for you for the team in the second half of the season. Yeah, we're all hoping that. You know, um, you know the Morecambe supporters that were here tonight have seen it, and. Uh, I think that uh, we all want him to to get on the score sheet. You know, we've got the likes of Phillips and Weir. You know, with with five and six goals this season. So, um, you know, Cole's off the mark now and uh, ready to go. You've got a bit of a break this weekend. And any plans for the players? Will there be an extra training? Will there be a bit of time off? Yeah, we'll train uh, as normal, and uh, you know, look forward to the game against Exeter now. And uh, it gives us uh, an opportunity to get training time into the players that haven't had it, and uh, it gives us, you know, uh, a number of days where we can actually uh, train. You know, we've been playing a lot of midweek games. We were here on Saturday. We're here back here on Tuesday night. This is our twenty seventh game of the season, uh, and we're only at the beginning of November, which is quite ridiculous, really. But uh, that doesn't matter to to the powers to be. You mentioned Max Melbourne there before, and uh, we, we saw his injury at Bolton. It was a horrific-looking hamstring injury. He seems to come back quite quickly, and he seems to be going towards full fitness quite quickly as well. Yeah, I mean, he just cramped up at the end, which is only natural from the time you know he has been out. Jake Taylor's the same. He just came back on uh, Saturday. He made his first start to. Uh, uh, on Saturday as well so it's great that we're getting these players back because it only helps us as a squad and uh, we're becoming stronger again uh, so going into uh, the winter period uh, it's going to enable us to be you know, stronger as we go on and We talked a few weeks ago you mentioned January that 20 grand would have been quite a nice night wouldn't it? Listen, that, that we've, we've obviously made money you know, from the competition well, you've got to remember we've made a lot of money remember Wembley remember Chelsea remember Tottenham um, I think that uh, remember Lavelle going, remember Gomez going, uh, 20 grand uh, is not going to get you very far. Well, Cole Stockton after Morecambe's uh, penalty shootout defeat against Lincoln tonight, but uh, you're on the score sheet, first time this season. How delighted are you to get on the score sheet, finally? Yeah. Um, it's the best feeling, isn't it, for a centre forward? Um, so you get rich on goals, and you know, it's always nice to get that first one done. Do you know what I mean? Um, a little bit late for my liking, but. Listen, it happens and it's just making me hungry and hungrier for more now. As you can see, off the, um, the back of last season as well. Like, I wanted to go and do that again. There's no reason as to why I can't. So, listen, uh, the gaffer's played me. Um, so, you know what I mean? It's always nice to return in the goal. How frustrating has the season been for you? Um, it, it has been frustrating, but that's football. It's football, never too high, never too low in that respect. Um, but we just got to keep our head down and just keep getting through it. I hope now for for you and for for everyone, I suppose, is that you now get on the run again. Yeah, that's it. We, like we know where we are in the league. Do you know what I mean? On Saturday, like we, it was it was close. Do you know what I mean? We could have had a couple on Saturday and tonight as well. Um, for a few lads who haven't been getting as many minutes as they like, um, we put on a good display. On Saturday here, you hit the post for forty yards. Almost a year today since you scored against Fleetwood from forty yards. That was like a teaser, wasn't it? It was, it was really teasing and really frustrating, I bet, for you. Yeah, um, but if you don't shoot, you don't score. Do you know what I mean? So, um, like I said, I, I, knew, I knew in the back of my head I'd score tonight. So tonight, hopefully for you as well, an individual move on. There's a long chunk of the season to go and a lot of points to play for. Yeah, it's massive, do you know what I mean? Um, as long as we just keep applying ourselves right in the best way we can, um, we've got a very good chance. 
overall tonight. Unfortunately, disappointment. You scored your penalty. We missed a couple. We've won a few penalty shots this year, which yeah, we don't um, often do. We've won the majority to get to this point of the um, cup, and Smudge was unlucky with the two, um, the two like, little ricochets off him. Do you know what I mean? But he knows that as well. But now he was very good. So out of all the cups now, focus on the league. It's going to be a really important second half of the season, isn't it? It is definitely. It's our bread and butter now. Um, so we've just got to focus on that fully and then put everything into it. It's the Shrimps Verdict podcast, part of Shrimps Live on Beyond Radio. Hello from Dave Salmon. Thanks so much as ever for downloading this episode. We always appreciate it. Apple, Google, Spotify, search Shrimps Verdicts. And of course, they're always available on our website at beyondradio.co.uk. So the Shrimps are out of all of the cup competitions then this season. Disappointing way to go out the Papa John's against Lincoln City. I think it's always disappointing the way you lose on penalties. It's a lottery, of course it is, but given how well we've done in our other three shootouts already this season, I think hopes were high. And certainly when Jensen Weir and Cole Stockton smashed their first two penalties in, we thought, hello, here we go again. But it wasn't to be. Lincoln were clinical. We missed a couple of times. Liam Shaw and Donald Love uh, from the spot. And And uh, that is the end of that one. Absolutely delighted that Coles finally got off the mark for the season. His first goal since uh, Good Friday in the win against Charlton and his first this season in his 20th appearance. He's not started every one of those 20 games, of course, uh, but he'll be absolutely thrilled to get off the mark. And uh, he was his usual uh, laid-back self in post-match, as you uh, heard a few moments ago. I'm sure that's going to kick him on because it was a proper... Old school of last season, if that makes sense. Uh, Cole Stockton goal. Uh, a proper fox in the box, snatching at a half chance and, and burying it into the back of the net quick as a flash. Uh, we've not seen him do that much this season, uh, but uh, a return to the Cole of old, and hopefully that's going to really, really inspire him to have a, a good run as we enter the festive season. And of course, uh, the opening of the January transfer window in a few weeks' time. You never know what's coming down the track, I suppose, do you? So a blank weekend in the calendar then for the Shrimps due to uh, not being involved in the second round of the FA Cup. So all eyes turn to Exeter City visiting the Mazuma on Friday the 2nd of December. It's going to be another huge game for Derek Adams' men. Bear in mind how well we've played though in our last four home games against uh, Ipswich, Barnsley, Derby and Portsmouth. So hopefully we can continue that trend ahead of the game. I've been talking to Dan Heron. Dan is one of the presenters of the Big Bank Theory, a Exeter City fans podcast, YouTube channel, social media as well. Simply search the Big Bank Theory and you'll see everything they have to offer. Dan, a massive Grecians fan and the ideal person then to get the full lowdown on Gary Caldwell's men ahead of their trip to the Mazuma next Friday. So Dan, thanks for jumping on our podcast. I really appreciate your time. Before we talk about uh, our game next week, Tell us everything we need to know about the Big Bank Theory. Uh, okay, well, it's um, we started it when the last manager took over, so about three years ago now, maybe three and a half. And um, just there wasn't really much going on. There was no one really doing an exit or one at the time. There was one that was kind of like very occasional. And um, so we just thought it would be fun. It's like we're not like tactical experts or anything, but we been fans all our lives we're always talking about stuff we thought why not give it a go for yeah for a laugh really and and why is it the big bank theory is it because of your massive terrace at the one the one side is that yeah that's called the big bank yeah and then uh 
I think if I mentioned I want to do a podcast to a friend of mine. He's like, oh, you should call it the Big Bank Theory. So I thought, oh, okay, yeah, fine. And then the local paper wanted the name. And then I was like, no, okay, I'm actually going to do it now. I wasn't going to, I was thinking about doing it, but when they wanted it, I was like, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it for myself. Yeah. And there are some great League One podcasts around. I mean, some great EFL podcasts around. Some of them are quite corporate and they go into quite detail. Uh, yours is very much uh, fans based. Tell it like it oh, is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We don't have it. We don't really do any. Um, we try to stay away from anything of that nature. Basically, it's just the two of us talking. We want to keep it very much like it, like an audio fanzine. If that's how we kind of see it, you know, like a kind of modern day version of a fanzine. It's like. We keep distance from the club, but we know a few people there and they're nice, but we don't, we want to be able to like criticise them. And we see a, a more of a, as well as being a supporter own club, it's the football clubs are only about the fans and not about the custodians in the, in the, you know, the structural side of things. So yeah, it's very much a fanzine. Yeah. Interesting you say about uh, your ownership and the makeup of, of your club, given the issues that, that, that Morecambe are having at the moment. How, how do you find that particular model? Well, it's worked really well for us. Um, uh, it saved us from, you know, we had terrible owners before ourselves who like ended up in prison. And, um, and it, it was it's got, brought us back from the brink, literally. But, but as we're sort of seeing with a little bit more success, people start talking about the uh, you know the the ceiling it might have you know because you there's only limited investment they do struggle to kind of increase the membership of the trust some for some reason I, i'm not really sure and you can be slightly at odds with the club side of things as well you know occasion but on the whole it's been it's been fantastic and it's, it's a great thing to be part of and it makes you kind of really feel like you're actually part of it do you know what i mean like yeah and you've got a, a good catchment area for fans having to get a decent fan base not to not too many teams uh, around you I suppose that that makes it a bit of a nightmare for away travel of course but home attendances you, you get boosted yeah I mean our main competitor is the, the rugby believe it or not some people prefer to go and watch rugby than football I can't get my head around it personally but um, it's a rugby town really and they, obviously the Chiefs in Exeter are well apparently they're quite good I don't know so but yeah, this season obviously success brings a lot more people. So our average is average attendance is up nearly two thousand this season, average. So which is which is amazing, and we're getting a lot of sellouts and stuff. So um, yeah, it's 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 heading in the right direction. But we're then it's a good thing to worry about that suddenly people are worrying about like, oh, do we need more capacity? But I think you know we're, we're racing ahead a bit. You know, the early days. We certainly noticed that, Dan, when we got promoted into League One. A cheap season ticket offer obviously helped to boost the numbers considerably, but we've gone from 17, 1800 average attendance to about 4,300 in the space of a season wow. and a bit. So it's it's incredible what, uh, what one promotion can do, isn't it, I suppose? I know, yeah, it really is, yeah. Yeah. So... Let's talk about the team then, Dan. Uh, I suppose welcome to League One, first first and foremost. I mean, we're getting towards the halfway point of the season now, aren't we? But uh, how know, have yeah. you found how have you found League One so far? Oh, loving it. We're having a great time. Yeah. Um, it's 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 fun doing the glamour ties, you know, glamour. So I got like um like went to Derby away and it was like, you know, like never been there before. And it's playing in these kind of big 
stadiums, but also not just because we've had that in the past in League Two. Many big teams end up in League Two, but it's more kind of like you feel like you've moved up towards them rather than someone's dropped down to you by by accident almost or by you know like mistake. But um, yeah, the the team of like we had we didn't recruit a huge amount in the summer. Um, very limited, just where we needed to really, because um, of people leaving. And but th- there was a lot of questions where because we've got a lot of academy players, will they be able to make the step up? And so far, they've all kind of like um, really impressed. Yeah, and obviously, well, we've lost the manager about ten games in, and and the new guy's come in and he's made a good start too. So yeah, so far so good. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about your manager and and, and drill down in in, in the players. In, in just a few moments, Dan, sure. if we may. But um, I always think in terms of League One, it's it's almost the haves and the haves nots, isn't it? And most weeks, there is almost a pinch yourself moment that, blimey, we're playing Sheffield Wednesday this week. Blimey, we're playing yeah. Ipswich. Blimey, we're playing... And it goes on, on and on and on. And But we're in the division as as equals, which is, which is quite fantastic. Yeah, oh, totally, yeah. And, you know, you... And it, as much as sometimes you feel like that, there's other times you play teams and you think, you know, we're well worth being in this division. Do you know what I mean? Like in terms Absolutely. of like support and and the way the teams play and the results as well. It's, it's yeah, if we feel like we, I definitely feel like we're kind of, it took us a long time to get there, but I feel like we are where we belong now. Let's talk about your manager then, Dan. Obviously, losing uh, your manager to Rotherham, that was, uh, I suppose that was a blow, but you've, Gary Caldwell's come in. Uh, he's got a bit of a mixed CV, hasn't he, to to say the least. got promotion with Wigan, but he's got a couple of relegations on his record as well. But you say he's done quite well so far. Yeah, it was a bit of a strange one. I don't think many people were, suspect, uh, were expecting him, um, given his track record. And I think the promotion was with, you know, the caveat of having a lot of money. For, uh, for Wigan um, and then it didn't carry on that way after the promotion um, and then yeah very mixed success really like but he's come in and he's saying all the right things you know he seems like he's the right kind of character for it and you can see why they've kind of thought like hey this guy looks like a good fit for us you know and he's a bit a little bit of time out and he uh, yeah just very impressed with him as a person so far and yeah, limited to go on the football side of things hasn't changed a huge amount from the, what the previous manager did. Obviously, that's like mostly a personnel thing. He hasn't had time to a chance to get anyone else in his own in. Um, a few subtle changes, a few diff- things he's doing slightly differently, but um, he seems like a really nice bloke. You know, <laughs> like that's that's the main thing I would I've noticed so far. Yeah, I suppose lo- losing Matt Taylor is always is forever going to be a hero, though, isn't he? I guess. Absolutely. I mean, he, I mean, he kind of was before he even took over as manager. You know, like former captain, great work with the, um, the the youth side before he took over, and then, yeah, in just like a few years, he built slowly, like, and then achieved what the the, the goal, which was to get back into the league too. So yeah, he'll be remembered forever. You know, and and he brought in a lot of players too, which which people are always going to think fondly of, you know, no matter what, I think. Yeah. Now, if you don't mind me saying, Dan, you look at the Exeter team and your and your squad and you compare it to some other squads in, in League One that have got name after name after name that you recognise and former and current internationals and oh, you, he used to play in the Premier League and my goodness me, what's Barry Bannon doing in League One, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You look at the Exeter team and you're not littered with names that 
people would necessarily know or be overly familiar with. But what you're saying is that doesn't matter because you've all pulled together and you and you, you have a, had a decent season so far. Yeah, that's and that's we we think that's down to Matt Taylor. That's a kind of assumption you have to make. You know that it was a kind of like he created that atmosphere where they were they were all you know, pulling in the right direction together and they, they got on well and there's a good atmosphere around all the players. And you, you can kind of say in this day and age, you can tell there's enough out there that you can see that they don't hate each other and they're, they're enjoying playing with each other. But yeah, we've got, so kind of two categories of players really is players that have failed elsewhere and needed a, a, a kind of fresh start or weren't, you know, hadn't had injuries and weren't fulfilling their potential and academy players, and those are the two. So we've got like Giovanni Brown who'd, and Tim Diang who'd failed at other League Two teams, he almost, you know I mean, relegated and whatnot, and then have come in and done really well with us. And then our academy academy has been, you know, strong for years. You know, look at the, the players we produce, Ollie Watkins, Ethan Ampadu, you know, like that's one thing we know is it's like there's something about that academy. It's like freakishly good. So tell us what do we need to know then, Dan? Formations team wants to watch. Tell us everything we need to know. Well, it will definitely it will definitely be the wing backs. It's a three three centre backs with, and then with uh, wing backs. That will definitely be the case. It might be two in midfield. He might go for three, and it might be three up front. And it might be two. You know, like it, that's been the only kind of um, variation so far. We're not quite sure what Col- Colwell's going to do week on week. Sometimes you get the impression, possibly, I mean, um, no disrespect to Morecambe, but we might go with uh, three up top. I'd, I'd, I'd imagine this weekend because we've got three, four players who all expect to start and they haven't the last couple of times because weeks could be been playing some kind of, you know, some of the bigger sides recently, Ipswich, Plymouth, uh, you know. Like, um, so, and the... Uh, we got a very strong attack. We got a very strong midfield. The centre backs are the weak spot, I suppose. There's some excellent players there. Um, lots of injuries though, and they kind of come in and out. And when the, you know, they're when they're back from their injuries, there it's not quite clicked yet. So we've got a bit of a soft centre, I'd say, at the with that centre back and. and fairly error prone at times so that if you're from a Morgan point of view that's what you'd be looking to exploit balls into the box stuff like that if you can do that so we need the high press we need that intensity and and force you into making mistakes then yeah and possibly someone good in the air I know you've got has Kieran Phillips been playing much he has and he's been doing very well indeed he's only got four goals uh, so far at time of recording yeah. uh, but uh, yeah he's, he's he's doing really well and he's obviously keeping Cole Stockton out of the team at the moment he got 26 goals last season yet to oh, get right, off the well. mark yet to get off the mark this season so uh, yeah he's doing yeah. really well he was imp- I really I was impressed with him last season for us Phillips he, he looked like he was raw and needed run games but he definitely looked like he had had something and he got a couple of very important goals for us in that promotion. So he'll kind of be remembered for, for that, you know, and, um, and also he'll know, he knows all those defenders and how to play against them. You know I mean, cause he's the same guys from last year. So we have some insight there. So I, I, I'm reasonably worried about him as you usually are about um, players that, you know, especially strikers, ex players playing against you. But, yeah. When he played for you, Dan, did he play as an out and out centre forward or did you use him a, 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 on sort of a more wider role sometimes? 
he kind of had to fit in where he would come off the bench for us uh, almost exclusively. I think he did play through the middle when he when he when he on the times he did start um, the sort of middle of a of a two or a three would have been more probably more of a two that last season. Um, but yeah, down the middle, and I thought and. He had a great turn of pace and times, and, and stronger than he stronger than he looked, perhaps at times. Um, yeah, um, he'll be one to. I'll be definitely worried considering the centre back situation. And yeah, like I said, reasonably worried about him. But and talking to strikers, one name that does stick out for for, for different reasons is is Jay Stansfield, of yeah. course. And, and what a story behind him playing for Exeter in the first place. It's it's incredible. It's one of the only times I've considered in recent years buying a, a shirt and and getting someone else's or getting any name put on the back of it. Is that just to kind of because it's a one year thing? Even if he even lasts the whole year, it might maybe they want him back. But it's um it's an incredible story, and it's just and it, you can tell it means a lot to him. Sometimes you think of the club kind of like leaning into this too much with like with his you know the the memory of his dad and stuff and you worry but he seems very very um invested in it he obviously loves to be there the one thing with and he's a great player he's is like you can tell he's got the quality he's 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 at fulham a premier league club on merit you know like and it kind of it it shows and it, and he's really starting to come into his own. Lots of uh, lots of Morecambe fans will remember Jay's dad, Adam. I think he played against Morecambe several occasions during his career. But but obviously from tragedy, things develop, don't they? And and, and I suppose it, it is almost the fairy tale story, isn't it? Especially if he scores the goals that, that keep you in League One or, or perhaps even better. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And it's almost like, you know, a, like a... Royal of the Rovers, kind of like a, like a narrative you'd 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 dream up or something, you know. Like and um, especially given that it's not that he's that he's failed at Fulham, he's very much like on the up, you know. And it's just they've it's been this has been allowed to happen for essentially sentimental reasons, you know, and like family reasons and stuff. And it's great. And um, yeah, we we aren't quite sure how much he was going to feature. It's a very last minute thing. We've got this kind of well established attack, and this is what I mean about the having. They all want to start. It's like we can't drop Jay Stansfield at the moment because he's playing so well, which means we do have to drop one of our other two strikers who are also, you know, two of the best players by far in the squad. So I'm not sure there's a way to get them all three in there unless we unless we do go for that three, like three of them up top. And again, that maybe leaves us a bit kind of light in the middle. So it depends who we're playing against and stuff, you know, so... Dan's very, it's going to be a very intriguing contest by the sounds of it, Dan. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, we've not played you for a, a little while because we've not been in the same division, but uh, I think it's going to be a, a good contest all the same. 25 points then so far in League One. Not quite at the halfway point yet. You must be really pleased overall with that return. Yeah, we've got some... Yeah, absolutely. I mean, no one really knew how it was going to go. We, we, You kind of move up a division, you expect to be beaten most weeks or you know like you're happy with draws and stuff but we've had some we've had some great results and um it's been yeah reasonably surprising but the manner of it is just okay we're carrying on where we left off you know and that's been the same with the new manager so far it's been like okay nothing seems to be getting in the way of this the momentum you know i mean and it's um we're really enjoying it and yeah to be on 25 points now like 
I tend to be more on the kind of like where with being an Exeter City fan, you know, on all lower league teams, you you can't get too carried away, you know. So you're always waiting for it to fall to bits. But like, um, I'm just seeing it as every game, every point we pick up is another point, you know. And it's just like we just keep going like that until we've got enough, and then, you know, that's that that's where we build from, I suppose. I suppose you look at it last season, 40 points was enough to stay up with the bottom four at the moment, only on 14 points. We're one of those clubs, of course. It might be around the 40 point mark again this time around. So uh, the job's two thirds of the way done already, isn't it? Yeah, whereas I think I think people were talking about 50 and I would think 50 to be really safe. But I think that would that would probably do it. I think I suppose it's because you've got teams like Ipswich and Plymouth kind of like looking unbeatable so it means less points for everybody else you know like but um, yeah take it I'll take it how it comes but I won't be happy until we've got 50 I don't think I wish we had 25 points now let me tell you that Dan that's, uh, that's yeah. for sure uh, really appreciate your time mate thanks so much for jumping on give us the uh, the sales pitch one more time for the Big Bank Theory where can we find you? Um, all the usual places Spotify and um, the Apple Podcast app on YouTube and it's at Big Bank Pod on Twitter and I think oh, my my co-host usually does all this the admin kind of side of things but um, yeah it's uh, I mean if you're not an Exit City fan it won't be of huge interest to you but maybe if you're playing you this week tune in give us a listen we, we, we do a fair bit of research usually about the funnier side of things so we'll be looking up probably like amusing facts about Morecambe I imagine that's why I spend the week before there are uh, plenty of those Dan there's plenty of those I'm pleased about that yeah lots of uh, content then yeah that's it I suppose thanks for having me on Dan really appreciate your time mate thank you so much Um, good luck for the rest of the season after next Friday of course and uh, we'll see you again later in the campaign now in fact we're playing you you the last game of the season isn't it yeah so, uh, I know I, hopefully we're both well safe by that point and I don't think it's going to be on the Saturday because it's the day of the King's coronation so it's probably going to be moved to the Sunday uh, oh, okay. so we'll make, we'll make a weekend of it brilliant sounds good to me Dan all the best we'll speak to you next time mate nice one cheers every kick every game every goal following Morecambe FC in League One full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio this is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio